I will drag my dick through a mile of broken glass just to hear you two fart through a walkie-talkie. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. You know, Wackerly, uh, did you recently dye your hair red? Nope. All right, all right. I'm, I'm just worried. Are, are you planning on seeing the Batman tonight, the, the Batman movie? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, all right, all right. Now I'm concerned. Now I'm concerned. Now I'm, you know, you know what? You know, Wackerly, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because why is it when we record a podcast early, the next day there's a massacre and we completely miss the story? It's just got to happen that way. It happens, but there's it happens all the time. Averages. I, I, I don't know. I mean, th- th- this one just really pissed me off. But you're just you're experiencing confirmation bias. You're just, you're only noticing it when it happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that's true. But at the same time, I mean the the fact is that it happened the very next morning. It's like so we we do a podcast early because uh, um what we, happened that night? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It happened that night. But the next morning it was in the news. So it's like you know you, I wake right. up the next day and I'm just like, bloody hell, fucking massacre. I mean, that's obviously what we would have talked about, you know, had we had we done the show Maybe. two days later. It's quite boring, actually. I don't think it's that boring. I mean, it's it's just a run of the mill. About? Well, it's a run of the mill massacre. But I think it's you know, I, I think there's there are aspects of the massacre that are kind of interesting, like the fact that uh, that you know, the first thing they're like, you know, fourteen or fifty people are injured, including a three month old infant. It's like, okay, who's bringing their fucking three month old infant to a midnight screening of The Dark Knight Rises? White trash. <laughs> didn't you see their picture? I didn't actually see their picture. Yeah, he's the type of... He wore a baseball hat to his national TV interview. <laughs> I don't That's know. all you need to know about the dad. How come uh, Christian Bale visited the victims and he wasn't wearing the Batman outfit? <laughs> you don't think he owns the Batman outfit? I know, but I would be like... It's property of whatever, Universal Pictures or whatever company it is. Why wouldn't they loan him? Wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you rather have Batman they did not, visiting you? They didn't you? condone him being... They didn't actually condone him being there. I thought they sent because him Because it implies there. guilt or, or uh, not guilt, culpability. Well, you know what? Uh, there is a they, lawsuit. They're still getting they, taken to court, right? Yeah, there, there's a lawsuit. This guy filed a lawsuit against the theater. I think he filed a lawsuit against the family of the, uh, the shooter. Sure. And I think he filed a lawsuit against Warner Brothers. For, Warner Brothers, that's for, what I was like. For making a movie that has vi- such violent overtones. It's, it's, it's it, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like, really? You're going to sue him? Yeah. yeah, I mean, do you think these guys are going to actually, do you think they're going to make any money? Do you think, that, do you think they're, the court will settle in their favor for something like this? Uh, no. Uh, no. I, I, because it's never happened before. On this scale. Next time it happens, then the, the people will get money. Because then they'll say, you did not take any steps to make things safer after that first strategy. 
and you should have. That is kind of horrible, though. I mean, <clears throat> not only are you sitting in a crowded theater, you're sitting right, right next to somebody. You got to hear everybody like eating their popcorn, their children crying, smells. That's, that's why I hate crowded theaters. But then again, something. Then some guy just kind of gets up right in the beginning of the movie and starts shooting people. I mean, <laughs> was it, it the very beginning? I didn't even. Pay yeah, attention. no, he was the very beginning of the movie. You watch the previews. Yeah. The movie started. Dude gets up, goes in emergency exit, exit, but opens the door and then uh, gets his car, pulls up his car. He like propped the door open, gets his car, and then comes in with like assault rifles. I don't know. Anyway, this isn't the intro. We're we're not talking. We we missed this story. Okay. And and, and I love and I still I still remain find it very extremely boring. <laughs> okay, what about the booby trapped apartment? You find that boring? Less boring, but still pretty boring. I, it's not often that you find a a complex booby trapped apartment. The level of but complexity was it, was that it, I mean, I, did, I didn't I didn't really get whether it was. Did he attempt to booby trap it, or was it really booby trap? Yeah, the whole I mean, thing if somebody would have entered, would they have died? Yeah, no, like uh, multiple people would have died. I mean, there was like he had, like fertilizer bombs. Uh, the cops ended up like removing the door and then dismantling the, uh, the 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 bombs that he had set up. Oh man! I mean, this guy wasn't. I mean, he wasn't an unintelligent guy. I mean, he was getting like was he pursuing a doctorate in physics or something? Mm, some type of a medical degree. My favorite, my last point here, my favorite thing about um, about this all is so when something like this happens, like let's say today you were going to the Dark Knight, you end up shooting a bunch of people. Obviously, they'd be like, "Oh, he hosted this terrible podcast where they talked about murder and violence and bukkake," and that that would come out. You know, <laughs> I have a I have a point bone to pick with that. When was the last time we talked about Bukaki? I mean, I know one of the like bumper uh, ads or whatever talks about us talking about Bukaki, but I don't remember ever talking about Bukaki. Yeah, but we talk about semen. That semen does not equal Bukaki. <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't equal Bukaki, but it is somewhat related. I mean, there's semen <laughs> okay. involved with Bukaki. Fair enough. What were you saying? <laughs> anyway, I was just saying that's probably one of the first things that would come out. Not that like you know you have a good job and you're up, you're you know a homeowner and you're an upstanding citizen. You paid your taxes. It'd be like no, he hosts this terrible podcast. So for this guy Holmes, the dude that the shooter in Aurora, Colorado, first thing that they they, they that they investigate they pull up is his adult friend finder profile, where he says that he has a less than average size penis. And then, no, and I didn't like, see that. Did now, you see now we're that? getting somewhere with the interesting stuff. Oh, dude, it was hilarious. And he was like saying, you know, I am into uh, group activities too. And so, and so they had to post his personal <laughs> adult friend finder like profile. Like basket weaving? <laughs> <laughs> and the best Take thing about it is you should see the picture on it. It's like the guy just looks like a freak. Like I know he was trying to go for like the menacing Joker, but really, I mean, he looked like Ronald McDonald. Wrong hair color. Joker had green hair. Dude. Even Ronald McDonald has sort of orange, uh, red hair, and he has orange hair. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I think he looked more like Carrot Top or Ronald McDonald than he did, uh, you know, the Joker. I'm just saying. Here, here's what's here's why I find this boring. He doesn't have any like crazy manifesto. He doesn't have uh, you know a string of crazy shit that he did that we're not only now finding out about. I mean. He just thought he was the Joker or wanted to be the Joker, so he killed a bunch of people? Like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't understand his agenda. I mean, and now he's trying to feign insanity, so... He's basically no better than those people who dress up as the Joker and go to Comic-Con. 
Nah, it's the same thing. Not, not, no, obviously, those people are better than him because they don't murder a lot of people. But I'm saying I find him no more interesting than the guy who dresses up as a Joker and goes to Comic-Con. I find his adult friend finder profile interesting. Well, I just found out about that. <laughs> that is interesting that he advertised that he had a small penis. That I could talk about. So, okay, what would have happened had he not been wearing, I mean, a Joker outfit or whatever, or he dyed his hair red and trying to be the Joker, it, but instead he was a Muslim wearing traditional Muslim garb, and he did that. What, what, what this, is, you... this is also boring me about. So, so okay, now we're into a whole other level of boredom, is the completely predictable canned media response from left and right-wing sources. One is the whole gun control debate. Oh, now we're going to have to listen to gun control debate for fucking three weeks. And now this other thing about, if he was a black guy, this would have been said it was gang-related. If he was a Muslim, they would have said this was ter- terrorist-related. Like, they, in the immediate hours afterwards, yes, maybe. They would say, oh, it was a black dude. Was was this gang related? But as soon as they found out that the black guy or the Muslim wasn't was just, in a gang, wasn't doing it for any political it was reasons, just a didn't tool. have a polit Yeah. He was just doing it because he thought he was the Joker. No. The response wouldn't have been any different. And people only bring it up so they can rant and rave about inequality. And okay. yeah, there is inequality, but like don't fucking say the same thing every time something happens. Okay, but what if he it's had a, me. what if he had a bomb shoved up his rectum? Well, that would be interesting. <laughs> Once again, th- th- this story could have been interesting. It just wasn't. That's my point. It sounds he, like you're saying he could have had a bomb shoved up his arsehole. If he had a bomb in work? his rectum, this story would have been interesting to Lance Wackerly and would have merited discussion here on Sick and Wrong. But since he did not, we're leaving it. We're discarding <laughs> leaving it. Leaving it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's done. But the bomb it's the gone. asshole thing, let's, we can go with that. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly the topic of the show tonight, is how to shove a bomb up your asshole. So recently, I received, uh, I received an article called Sodomy for the Sake of Islam. I received it from like several listeners, uh, Carrie B. and Jay Diggity. Um, Jay Diggity actually wrote, D, you might find this new info about an old story interesting. Uh, surely your brother would. Uh, do you recall the rectum bomber story that we did a few? We actually did this story a few years ago. Um, it was about that, that terrorist that uh, shoved a bomb in his anus and tried to kill a Saudi prince and failed, actually. Well, this guy who wrote the story here, Sodomy for the Sake of Islam, said that the terrorist got a fatwa, a fatwa, which is a religious ruling, allowing him to be sodomized by other jihadists in order to make his rectum bigger so it could hold more explosives. <laughs> and so I remember thinking about it when I saw this. I'm like, God, that is just ludicrous. I mean, it's just a ridiculous notion. And then I read the the article, and then I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can get this guy on the show to talk about it. Well, didn't he, he blow up his own asshole? No, not the not the terrorist. That guy's oh. dead. You know, you blow up your <laughs> asshole. It's like a colostomy bag's not going to fix that. You're not coming back from that. Yeah. Um. No, I thought, you know, the writer of the, the, the writer of the story here, his name's Raymond Ibrahim. And uh, yeah, he's a historian on Islam and a Middle East specialist. Uh, he also wrote a book about the, called the Al-Qaeda Reader, which is a collection of the key texts of the Al-Qaeda movement. And uh, it talks about their minds, their motives, and their goals of an enemy bent on, uh, on victory. But Raymond has an interesting theory. And, and, and 
what's well, you should read the article. Maybe we'll post a link to the article so you can see it. But he doesn't pose this as a theory. He poses this as a fact. Like this, you know, this actually did happen. Like this guy, you know, needed his anus to be widened to fit the explosive. So everybody <laughs> in the in the caves were all like, "All right, sweet. I guess we're going to stick our dicks in the guy." Because that's the only way we can widen his anus. And, and I, so, assume, I assume they have to line up so that this guy with the smallest dick starts, and then they go to the guy with the largest dick at the end. You think this is, they're making a train? Well, yeah. I mean, they're stretching it. A terrorist so you train. You don't stretch it with the biggest one first. You progressively stretch it. Well, I don't get Why don't they just use a camel? A camel how, dick? How big's a camel's cock? I wouldn't know. <laughs> I imagine a camel's cock is probably large, just judging <laughs> well, by yeah. Mr. Hands. So you can't just go with the largest cock you can find first. You have to start with one that's a little bit bigger than the width of your asshole, and then go to one that's a little bit bigger than your asshole after you got fucked by the first guy. Well, it's interesting so to me that Raymond, instead of thinking that, hey, maybe he used a butt plug, there were several different butt plugs of varying sizes to widen his anus. Raymond's theory is, no, and he got sodomized by all the terrorists. They totally made a train, just did that for a month, and then his ass got big enough, shoved a bomb in there, and blew it up. My theory on Raymond is that he likes to piss off Arabs. Because judging by his other articles about how, well, the Al-Qaeda reader, and uh, the other article he said about how the terrorists are planning to blow up the pyramids of Egypt, um... I just I think he just likes to piss off Arabs, and it's ironic because he's an Arab himself. I thought he was a Jew at first because his name is Raymond Ibrahim, and it sounds like a very Jewish name, and that would make sense because Jews obviously aren't very fond of most Arabs, and vice versa. Um, but no, the, the the guy is an Arab uh, from Egypt. So Wackerly, you missed out on this good interview because uh, because of your Batman obsession, you went and saw Batman that night. Yeah, but didn't you see Batman the night before me? I did, just on purpose. Oh, so who's could... obsessed now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, where are your fucking priorities, man? I don't know. That movie was terrible, though. Okay, now you just ruined it for everybody. Actually, I didn't. I wasn't quite fond of it either. Although, um, I did see a picture of my building, not a picture of my bare ass in the window. But I did see a picture of my building at one point in the movie. Um, when they, they were showing Whee! shots of downtown LA. <laughs> <laughs> My building. I'll take a picture of your building and show it to you if that's all that amuses you. So I recorded this interview with uh, Raymond Ibrahim a couple days ago. It's a bit longer than our usual interviews, but he definitely has some interesting theories on how a terrorist can shove a bomb in his anus. Um, and then uh, we, should probably, we should probably point out to people that they should, uh, if they start to get bored, they should definitely stick around because there's a special secret guest at the end of the show. I know. This is like a star-studded podcast. You know, we have like special guests left and right. I know a lot of our listeners, if they feel like they're actually learning something, they'll immediately turn it off. <laughs> so I'm just trying to prevent that. So stick around for the special secret end of show guest. It is. This is a special star-studded episode, episode 340 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. So, yeah, stick around for our special guest after the interview. And should I, should maybe I'll add special sexy guest to make sure you really stick around. Extremely sexy. It's not Jeffrey. <laughs> Before we get to this interview here with, uh, with Raymond Ibrahim, uh, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. 
If you're illiterate or have Down syndrome, but you still want to read a book, why not go to audible.com and get an audiobook? Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from, with more being added all the time. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Hello? Hi, uh, Raymond. This is D. Simon. How are you doing? Yes. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, should I call you Ray or Raymond? Uh, yeah, I usually go by Raymond. You usually go by Raymond? Okay, then I'll, I'll stick with Raymond then. So, Raymond, yeah. uh, you're a specialist here on the Middle East and on Islam, a widely published author and a guest lecturer throughout uh, universities throughout the country. Um, tell me, uh, how, did, how did you come to be a specialist on the Middle East? Like, what, What's your background? Um, well, academically, I've studied it. Uh, my, my bachelor's degree and my master's degree are in history, primarily medieval and ancient Near East. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of work uh, in the Middle East, especially in the medieval era. I also did a little of studying at Georgetown University at the, um, the uh, Center of Arab Studies, Contemporary Center of Arab Studies. Uh, I never completed there. I also studied a little bit of medieval Islamic civilization Catholic University in Washington, D.C. Never completed there also for work-related reasons. I worked at the Library of Congress as a uh, language uh, specialist for in the Middle East Division uh, for books and resources that deal with Middle East questions. Um, I'm fluent in Arabic. Okay. Uh, and also, yeah, and personally on a personal level, on my family's from the Middle East. Uh, Egypt. I was born here and raised here, but uh, and I've been there often, so I have a good uh, kind of understanding of the mood and culture of the region. Are, are you a uh, Muslim? Uh, no, I'm Coptic, which is uh, the Christians of Egypt. Christian, Christian of Egypt, yeah. Okay. So do you also study uh, terrorist groups as well? Yeah, my, my one main book is uh, called The Al-Qaeda Reader. So it's uh, it's dedicated to understanding Al Qaeda based on their own words, and above and beyond that, I've uh, I've spent a lot of time just you know examining and analyzing the uh, actions and words of various different Islamic terrorist organizations. So the the so. I recently came across an article that you wrote called "Sodomy for the Sake of Islam," and it's about a terrorist named Abdullah Al Asiri. Is a 2009 su- suicide bomber who, in 2009, inserted explosives in his rectum. Your article is rather controversial and even elicited uh, angry responses, which uh, I'm going to get to in a moment. But first, I want to discuss uh, Abdullah Al Asiri because he seems to be even more extreme case than the just the run of the mill terrorist. I- explain what exactly he did. He he hit explosives in his rectum to assassinate whom? Okay, so he, he, he wanted to assassinate him. Um, he's a Yemeni by, by, you know, ethnicity, but, you know, he's in the peninsula. And I think he was in Saudi Arabia. And he was out to assassinate a Saudi prince, uh, Niaf something or other. I forget his name right now. And he failed. He didn't kill the prince. Um, and he told him, the prince knew of him, and he knew he was a jihadist. And so in order to get near enough to him, uh, Asiri told him that he had renounced his jihadi views, he wanted to make peace and reconciliation, this and that, which was all a lie. He just wanted to get close to him to assassinate him. And so he had, he had now, so far, what I'm telling you, uh, you're right, there is controversy with what I wrote, but what I'm telling you right now, there's no controversy. This, these are the facts. Okay. And he had uh, his brother help him insert 
um, explosives in his rectum. And uh, so he went and he detonated and he died. He injured the prince and others, I think. But he died. And, and so ultimately it was a failed assassination attempt. And you can see pictures and it would, which make it clear that the, the explosives were in his rectum because that's the area you see completely. completely uh, his body is torn at that point. So, so, no, so that's the, that's the context. Uh, you want me to get into the fatwa itself? Well, hold, hold on one second. So what happens when, uh, when you fail during an attempt? Do you only get half the virgins? You know, giving it the old college try, or do you still get the full, like, uh, what is it, 72? Well, I would think so, because, and this goes to what we're talking about, because it's all, in Islam, there's this overarching principle, which is basically, if your intentions are good, then you're rewarded for them. So his intention was good, and he tried, and, okay, so he failed, but he should be rewarded the full rewards of paradise. Okay, so he will get the, uh, the full paradise. It's interesting yeah, to me yeah. that the Muslim paradise is just all virgins up there. Is that pretty much just it? Well, you know, it doesn't say the, the Quranic word that they always that there's all these different translations. Some say black-eyed virgins, and the word that's used is uh, huri, which is very which some later commentators have even said doesn't even mean you know woman at all. It means raisins, and so some people raisins. are saying really it's seventy-two. Yeah, seventy-two crystal raisins. That's really what the word, which is based on a Syriac word, not an Arabic word. This is. It's controversial, but some people have uh, forwarded this theory. I, I but basically, I the what it, yeah, yeah, basically what these w- women are are they're supernatural women, and there are even hadiths which are basically uh, uh, statements attributed to Muhammad, who basically portrays them as supernatural women who you can have supernatural sex with, where the pleasure is something that you can't even begin to imagine here in the now. Uh, so that's that's what they are. These seventy-two, you know, uh, whatever virgins or how. All right. Well, that, that, that you've convinced me. <laughs> well, I mean, they're killing them. They're killing themselves. So obviously, they're 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 believing it's, it. It's got to be desirable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so so this is shoving a bomb in your rectum is is just much worse than just a regular suicide bomb vest. I mean, I can understand when that when they. When they go out and recruit you, you say, okay, I'm down for the jihad. But then when they say, are you going to put a bomb in my asshole? I think I would, I would pass. I, I mean, I would, personally. But how does al-Qaeda go about recruiting a young Muslim for such a horrific act? All right, so here's, here's the context, and then I'll give you my analysis of what happened. Okay. The context is we know that one, uh, one sheikh or a cleric out in the front lines of jihad came and told a bunch of uh, would-be martyrs and seekers, suicide bombers, that they've come up with a great new way uh, to perform suicide operations, martyrdom operations, as they call it. And he said it's to, it's to put these uh, you know, dynamite sticks or explosives deep into your rectum so you can put a lock. But to do this, you have to agree to be sodomized for a while first because that's the way to widen your anus so we can pack it with more dynamite, Okay. So this this is what he said. So then mm-hmm. these other people went and asked other sheikhs and clerics for a fatwa. A fatwa basically means someone who's learned in Islamic law. Is, you, you, you mentioned him a new scenario, which is this, and you say, is this, does this work? So this uh, Asiri went and asked another sheikh and said, look, this is what I was told. Is this true? If I let one of my jihadi friends sodomize me and my intention, remember I was telling you about intention, and my yeah. intention is to help empower Islam, uh, is that legitimate? So the sheikh said, yes, it is. And in fact, it is. I'm, I'm not talking about that particular act, but there is an overarching principle in Islam that says that, because Islam is so full of, you know, do this, don't do that. 
So there's an overarching rule, though, that says a lot of it is about your intention. So you may break a rule if your intention is to help a higher rule. And in the same way, as, as the sheikh writing the fatwa explains, in Islam, according to certain, certain scriptures, jihad is the highest pinnacle and the greatest obligation. So if the only way you can perform a jihad is by doing X, Y, and Z, which just so happen to be banned or forbidden, then it's okay to do those things. Now, this is the exact logic that uh, these jihadists use to commit suicide attacks, because the Quran itself condemns suicide. You're not, as a Muslim, supposed to kill yourself. So how is it that these suicide bombers get around this? And what logic are they using? They're using the same exact principle, which is basically, I am killing myself because this is the only way I can help the jihad. So, and so, so this is the logic. Now, so, jihad, so this logic we know exists. Yep. Mm -hmm. So jihad supersedes any uh, Sharia law? Yeah, it supersedes, uh, according to interpretations, there are Muslims who will, say, who will tell you no, but there are a lot of textual references, including from Muhammad. Muhammad said in a hadith or a statement that, uh, you know, he likened Islam to a camel. And he said that the highest pinnacle of the hump is jihad. So a lot of these clerics subsequently have said that if you can perform, they came up with a principle which is basically, even if... If you have to com commit forbidden things to do an obligatory thing, then you can. Then it's obligatory to perform the forbidden things. I know that sounds convoluted, but it means mm -hmm. basically, uh, if I can't do sodomy, let's say, because it's forbidden, or suicide, but the higher principle is to empower Islam through jihad, then it's obligatory for me to do sodomy or suicide, because if, if that is the only way to empower Islam. Okay, so so far we're really mm -hmm. dealing with a principle that does exist in Islamic jurisprudence, which is this basically intention and, and trying to enable Islam. Now, the question comes, the, the very first question that comes to one's mind is, okay, let's say he has to widen his anus in order to accommodate the explosives. Can't he use something else? Can't well, he that, use that a dildo? That was my next question. Right. Is, is that, what, why couldn't he just right. use a butt plug or some other kind of dildo device? Does he have to be sodomized? Right. If you want to be strict and obvious, that would be a follow-up question. I would say, well, what about something else? And in fact, if you look at the fetwa, it really, it's, it's written in an intelligent way. The, the sheikh says, if the only way to widen your anus, or basically the only way to do your jihad, is through sodomy, then it's permissible. So notice, he himself is saying that, you know, if you yourself know that you have another way to do it, then you should do that, not do sodomy. But, of course, you know, there's all kinds of factors. You know, this guy's in a cave in Afghanistan, for example. You know, he can't exactly get on the Internet and order a dildo. Uh, it's easier because his buddy's right next to him. You know, so they can come up with all sorts of excuses. But the bottom line is, my opinion, is this guy was homosexual. He understands homosexuality is banned. Uh, and furthermore, they're all so repressed sexually, and he's with a bunch of guys in a cave preparing to do jihad. So he's come up with a clever way to justify it uh, according to Islamic law. And, so, and, and he went to a sheikh, and the sheikh probably understands this, and the sheikh is telling him, you know what, if that's the only way you can do it, and that's between you and your Allah, you know, the sheikh doesn't know if he can use a foreign object or a baseball bat okay. to wire in his anus, because they may not be readily available. So that's up to the guy to decide. But this is my opinion. He is, and he's trying to justify it some way, and, and that's that, that's really the story, so, basically. So, Raymond, do you have any evidence to sub substantiate this claim, or is this just solely your opinion? 
which claim the that the fatwa exists. That the fatwa exists because I guess that's the uh, source of the controversy. Is yeah, you have these right, right, okay, yeah, Arabic out yeah, news outlets okay, and websites. So controversy. Okay, well, no, no, I'll tell you the controversy. Okay. Basically, uh, after I wrote it, on um, a website called the uh, Electronic Intifada, which is very uh, anti-Israeli, uh, pro-Palestinian. Uh, basically anti everything I do and write, okay, um, came and, and wrote an article just completely condemning everything I wrote and saying, you know, basically, what an idiot, it's all a hoax, he has no evidence, and they spend about the first, you know, 50% of their article just ranting about this to the point that you think, wow, they must be right. But then when you really read through the whole article, they give absolutely no evidence. The fatwa is online, it does exist. Um, I actually learned about it by watching an Arabic program, and some man, uh, it was like a news program or a talk show program, and the man read the fatwa as, as real, uh, because it is real. And, and so basically all I reported is it does exist in Arabic, uh, people are reporting it, and, and so these guys said, no, it's fake, but they give no evidence. Their only evidence is that uh, the man that was reading it is a Shia cleric, and so he's obviously trying to make Sunnis look bad. Now, of course, whether that's true or not, if we fall for that logic, which is basically, you know, anyone who's not a Sunni, we can't listen to him, then obviously I can't talk about Islam, you can't talk about Islam, a Jew can't talk about Islam, a Christian can't talk about Islam, and no one can talk about Islam. And so obviously, I mean, whether that's true or not, I don't know if he was, if he was taking it, if he was lying, but he quoted it, it is on the Internet. And like I and as I've told you, the logic of it is perfect because what's worse, sodomy or suicide? Well, I don't know, but let's say suicide we'll all agree is much worse. And I've already shown you that in Islam suicide is banned. So this principle of you can do something that's for forbidden if it's good for Islam is so convincing to some Muslims that they kill themselves for it. So are should we really be surprised if they're having well, sodomy? Well, exactly, but I mean, it makes sense too with the the self sacrifice. I, I, I guess the, the the whole nature of the controversy is the the lack of evidence. I mean, you never heard interviews of any of the terrorists who committed any of the alleged sod- sodomy acts. Well, no. Well, what do you mean interviews? Um, I mean, have you seen no, like, have any of these terrorists been caught and like confessed to it, or did? I mean, is there anybody that uh, that I don't know? I didn't I didn't follow up the research in that regard, but I I doubt you will find that either. Even if they did, they're not going to confess to it. But the fact is, there is a fatwa on the internet in Arabic that is written just like a fatwa. Where they have certain um, kind of styles, and I've read it, and, and the styles are there. And the question is asked, and the answer is given. And I have to tell you something else: the people mm-hmm. who are saying this is a hoax, you have to understand that when you look at these fatwas, okay. To the Western mind, 90% of fatwas look like a hoax, okay? There's a fatwa that came out saying don't eat tomatoes because if you cut it in half, the sign of a cross is apparent. And, and the fatwa is an evil Christian infidel fruit. There's a fatwa that came out that was very popular and created problems years ago saying women, uh, if a Muslim man and a Muslim woman who are not related have to, for some reason, be in each other's company, let's say at, at a workplace, then the woman is obligated to breastfeed that man because by doing that, she makes him her son, and therefore, obviously, there could be nothing sexual between them. I remember reading about there's, that. Okay, yeah, so there's any number of fetwas that are way more bizarre than this sodomy fetwa. Well, I understand the logic uh, behind uh, you, what you claim in the article about, you know, the, uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, he, he probably was a self-hating homosexual, and this is another way, you know, this yeah. is a way to justify self-sacrifice, is a exactly. way to justify his behavior. 
So, so this kind of comes yeah. up with a larger issue that I kind of wanted to get to real quick here with that. So Islam, homosexuality is against Sharia law, according to Islam. And then when you take you know, a, yeah. when you take a group like the Taliban, um, isn't it hypocritical for them to condemn homosexuality, but yet have sex with uh, young boys? And right. uh, you know it, it goes on in secret. But I mean, but that, but it's true though. Right. I remember seeing a uh, a, right. a documentary, a PBS documentary called "The Dancing Boys okay. of uh, yeah, yeah, Afghanistan," yeah, yeah. the Bahabazi. So explain yeah. that to me. It's how, how, even worse than that, yeah. So there's two aspects to this, okay? The first one is that the sort of Islam, mainstream, historic Islam, I've been, I've been telling you, is, is, is very uh, different from the Western worldview in the fact that, as opposed to Christianity, which really, especially at this point, takes on a, spirit, a spiritual veneer, you know, um, here Jesus says, uh, give Caesar his, what his, give Caesar's due, which is the temporal, and give God his due, which is the spiritual. Okay, this doesn't really exist in Islam. In fact, the spiritual is very much uh, downplayed in mainstream Islam. It's only among maybe Sufis or in small minorities. In Islam, it's kind of like Orthodox Judaism. It's very much the law. Okay, and so there's a lot of legalism in Islam, which basically means uh, homosexuality will be banned. But uh, as we already looked at, there's uh, you know there's there's kind of little caveats involved, yeah. right? Um, there's extreme morality uh, when it comes to the sexes. Women must cover themselves. Women, you can't even see them. Yet you can have four wives and any sex slave you manage to capture. Okay, this is an Islamic principle that's completely what do you mean, uh, no one can deny. You mean like in Islam, down and, and it's in the Cor- in, in the Quran, it says that during the jihad, any infidel woman that you capture as as a warrior or as a person, once they're captured, these women they're brought and, and they're sold in the market. And I'm a rich Muslim, I go buy it. That's completely legal, and there's nothing immoral about that. And in fact, hmm. at this point. There are a lot of Muslims, including women, who are pushing to reinstitute sex slavery in the Islamic world. There's what? a Kuwaiti politician, female, who's... Okay, so this goes to the heart of what you're talking about. This is her logic. In order... This is in Kuwait, and this happened about a year ago. This politician woman said, and, and she's wearing, mind you, the full hijab and covered up and looks very conservative. And she says, in order to help safeguard the chastity of our men who are starting to have sex out of wedlock... Uh, let us reinstitute the institution of sex slavery and co- or, or concubinage. Because by doing that, A, it's legal, because Islam allows it, and B, the men get to have sex in a legal way without doing it out of wedlock. Yep. And so it's all mm-hmm. nice and moral. So you can see the legalism that's involved, and yet from our perspective, it's all upside down, and it's immensely immoral. And she even went so far as to say, and let's get, uh, she, she mentioned the Chechnyan war with Russia. And she said, let's get the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Russian women who are caught during this jihad and bring them to Kuwait and sell them. And therefore, and thereby, our men maintain their religious chastity because they're having sex, after all, with slaves, which is okay. And uh, everything is, is, is fine. So I think this kind of, you know, this might help you understand these, these uh, incongruities. Well, it, that it's like the time. what they're trying to do is justify their hypocrisy by keeping it within the religion. Yeah. Exactly, and it's it's a you know it's a legalism. Basically, as long as I'm somehow fulfilling the the letter of the law, then I can get away with whatever. And it's whether it's the homosexuality, whether it's sex slavery, 
uh, whether you know it's uh, uh, yeah. So all these the, now the Taliban and sex with boys. Just so you know, in the Quran there are several verses that, along with talking about uh, in heaven these uh, you know seventy-two virgins. It doesn't use that number as hadith, but along with talking with the women up there who will you know give you bliss and delight, it has a curious phrase about young and fresh handsome boys that will serve you. Okay, hmm. this is and in the Quran itself. Of, in the Quran itself. Okay, and then, uh, they're called, uh, yeah, they're, it's usually translated, it's Arabic, it's Khaldun, uh, which means sort of like perpetually young and fresh boys that will serve you. And uh, so you can see how that right there will start justifying the idea of uh, pedophilia with boys. But, but I mean, what about, uh, other, or, what about other Arab countries? Like, how do they perceive this? Are they just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, it says that, but no, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. Well, to be sure, there are a lot of Muslims in, in the entire Islamic world that reject these things and would not never want to do this. And so, again, it, and this is that these would be the moderate Muslims, the moral Muslims, who basically are, they want to be Muslim, they want to read the Quran, and they, and they want to exercise it insofar as it really coincides with mainstream uh, moral, ethical values. And there And there is that aspect to it. But then the the person who you know, wants to justify whatever, you know, perversion they have, will be able to find it. They are, because they can find something, yeah, something in the... uh, They'll find it. They'll find Muhammad said any any number of things, you know, that he said that can be found and justify it. I'm surprised the Catholic... I'm surprised the Catholic priests haven't tried to use this technique. Seems like it'd work well for them. Well... But again, uh, I mean, yeah, the Catholic priests have done the same thing, of course, but can they can they come, these Catholic priests, and quote the Bible and say, look, this is why we're doing this? I've yet to see that. Yeah, okay, no, so I'm just surprised they not put over the text. Yeah, no, it's not there. You know, this is, this is the other problem with Islam. Whereas with Christians, really, it, it's all it's the Bible. I mean, we have other texts and commentaries that are important, but it's really the Bible with Christians, and I think with Jews the same thing. It's uh, you know maybe the Talmud also, but it's essentially the Torah and, and things like that. But with Islam, it's not just the Quran. You literally have thousands and thousands of pages of texts that purport to tell you what Muhammad said and what Muhammad did. And because of this, you can find anything you can imagine in those texts. There's a te- okay, maybe wow. you heard about the whole. Islamic necrophilia. Do you recall that? No, I haven't actually heard that. So wait, necrophilia is condoned in the Quran? No, it's not in the Quran, but there's a hadith or a story, an account of Muhammad, where there was a woman who was being buried, and she was dead, and and they put her in a grave. And so all of a sudden, Muhammad takes his shirt off and jumps in with her. And and they say, what are you doing? The, The people who are buried say, Prophet of Allah, what are you doing? And he says, I'm doing this to save her from the pains of the grave uh, and to make sure she makes it to heaven okay. And then they started just pouring the uh, the dirt upon him and covering them both. And so this has been interpreted again by a, a perverse Islamic mind looking for some kind of justification <laughs> that it's okay to have sex with your dead wife. You know, Raymond, from everything you've and told both. me, the Quran sounds a hell of a lot more interesting than the Torah and the Bible combined. <laughs> well, no, but mind you, I'm not talking. 
Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, but it's not the Torah. It's not the Quran as much as the Hadith. The Hadith is the, the interpretation pillar of Islam. Yeah, no, no, it's the it's it, the Quran is really understood as the word of Allah. The Hadith are the recorded sayings and doings of the Prophet Muhammad, and these are really interesting and colorful, and you can just find anything you can imagine. Yeah, no, he seemed, he, he seemed to be an active guy, that yeah. Muhammad. Yeah, oh, I mean, you you can find any, there's a hadith of him, for example, speaking of homosexuality, where uh, he used to come to his nephews, little boys, and grab them and kiss them on the lips. And the actual text, which is written well over a thousand years ago, says he puts his tongue in their mouth. <laughs> Good Lord. Wow, he was a randy guy, yeah. that Muhammad. I can't, I can't think of any other prophets throughout. Uh, I mean, you, you look at like Jesus's prophets; no, no, they weren't yeah. doing that. No, well, yeah, that's the thing. You can't. That's what I mean. You know, you can get a Christian who wants to do whatever, or a Jew or whatever, but they can't justify it through their prophet or through you know their the head of their faith. Yeah, Muhammad's uh, like the Hugh Hefner Islam, of prophets. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and the thing is, and this is the problem that Muslims have: it's their books. It's not like some angry Jew or Christian or Hindu wrote this about them, in which case we can say, you know what, it's biased. It's from their own top authoritative writers and thinkers that record all this stuff. Yeah, and, no, you know, I mean... for so long, for so long, the world went on and no one knew this. But now we have the Internet. Now we have globalization. And now all this stuff is coming out that even Muslims didn't know. Yeah, well, the, so like, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's yeah, well, the, a crisis the... in a way. Exactly. They're going to have to get like this. It's like a PR crisis going on right now for Islam. I'm worried about it. So, okay, real quick, Raymond, one last question. One last question here. So, you know, by writing inflammatory pieces critical of Islamist groups, um, such as the article you just wrote, and, uh, and I guess even the Al Qaeda reader, are you concerned in any way about having a, a fatwa issued calling for your death, like the Ayatollah did for Salman Rushdie? Um, I've seen fetwas calling for my, uh, I don't remember the exact word, but it wasn't something good, for my neutralization, sort of, wow. on the internet. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, so, can anybody I mean, issue a fetwa, or does it have to be a sheik or a cleric? Anyone, theoretically, can issue a fetwa as long as it adheres to Islam's guidelines. So, for instance, back to that sodomy fetwa, you know, it could be any guy. He's not exactly, he wasn't a famous person that issued it. But he used the principles that we discussed that are part of Islam, which is this idea of, you know, you can do the forbidden if it's helping the obligatory, which is jihad and, and things like that. So anyone, uh, Al-Qaeda always issues fatwas, but as people point out, you know, who are they? Uh, Osama bin Laden had no formal, you know, degree in Islamic law, nor has uh, Ibn Zawahri. But they argue, and this is true, Islam says anyone can issue it as long as it adheres to the teachings of Islam. Okay, but if there's a fatwa issued against you, like, I mean, do you have any qualms about going over to Egypt or, uh, you know, traveling through the Middle oh, East? Oh, I don't. No, I, I don't go to any of these places. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to stay in this country. I'm not worried <laughs> yeah. about it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I, well, I have aliases that I can use and travel, and I do, but I just on the safe side, I don't involve myself in those regions anymore. But I have a lot of connections that keep me <laughs> brief, which is really all that matters at this point. Uh, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Well, Raymond, uh, thank you for being on the show, and uh, we'll we'll put a link up to uh, your website. You have a website, right? 
Yeah, it's just RaymondIbrahim.com. Okay, we'll put a link up to uh, RaymondIbrahim.com. Thank you for being on the show. It's good talking to you. You have a good night. Thanks a lot. You too. to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. We have a special guest here for our Is That Gay segment um, on Sick and Wrong tonight. I am proud to introduce special guest Poppy Thorne. How are you doing, Poppy? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. Are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Good. Uh, good. Thanks for being on the show. You're the, uh, thank you're, you for having me. <laughs> you're the winner of the uh, Sick and Wrong pinup contest and uh, yeah. also, more importantly, the winner of the Bizarre pinup contest, Bizarre Magazine, which is yeah. <laughs> say equally as significant. Don't you think? Theirs isn't called the pinup contest, though. It's called, like, the Super Vixen or some shit like that, Ultra, right? Ultra Vixens. The Ultra, Ultra Vixens. Vixen. Yeah. <laughs> so so what, what happens when you become an Ultra Vixen, like when you're the Ultra Ultra Vixen? Basically, um, I was voted out of uh, quite a few girls to um, grace the cover and centerfold of Bizarre Magazine. And do you have really- to visit? Do you have to visit like sick children in the hospital or go to starving <laughs> countries in Africa or anything like that? No, luckily it's quite a, a non PC sort of magazine, so I just had to turn up. They dressed me in latex, and I went home again. <laughs> oh, okay, so you didn't have to go over and like shake burn victims' hands. No, no, I was good. I got, to, I just got to go to London, and I got to meet a really, really fit model called Nina Kate. Um, and she was amazing. And I, all I could just do was stare at her, and I just felt like an idiot. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. So wait, you don't live in London? Uh, no, I live uh, – have you heard of Brighton? Brighton. I have heard of Brighton. It, it's close to there where I live. I actually live in Worthing, but it's it's a strange town. But if you've heard of Brighton, it's about 20 minutes from there. <laughs> Is Brighton seaside? Yep. Okay. Yep. I have heard of that then. So so it's so it's around eleven o'clock over there, eleven thirty or something. Your time. How come you're not out on the town in uh, Brighton? Uh, well, if you want to go out in Brighton, you have to have quite a bit of money on you, but um, to get home and whatnot. But uh, I have been out already in Worthing tonight. It was brilliant, obviously, because it's such an amazing town. Not, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just watching some bands play, which was really good. Yeah, we just I come home especially for you. Oh wow, so really, that's dedication. Yep. <laughs> And we, we have that, that. You're a dedicated fan there, uh, there Poppy. It's a member of the swarm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so are you ready for the Olympics? What do you think about that? The Olympics, isn't the ceremony going on like right now? <laughs> it was on the telly at the, uh, at the pub or the bar, as you would call it. <laughs> um, it was, it looked horrendous. I'm not going to lie. All I saw was some man picking up a child and doing some abstract dance piece. And I just thought, really, is this what the money's going on? Really? I heard that Mary Poppins was going to fight Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm, compl- I'm being completely serious. I've seen this in multiple locations. I would not be surprised. <laughs> wow, really? I, I, I did not yes. even know that. I didn't. Well, how, Dan, how... Danny Boyle is, is directing this whole opening ceremony. Really? I don't, yeah. I don't get it, though. How does Mary Poppins fight Voldemort? Voldemort I don't know. That's why you got to watch it. <laughs> I don't think it's been – it's still been time delayed here, right? It's still going to be on later, I assume. Yeah, I would have thought so. Does, does pro- the whole thing take place in Hogwarts? <laughs> I think Mary Hogwarts Poppins land. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Mitt Romney doesn't think that you guys are ready to uh, host the Olympics. Do you hear about that, Poppy? No, I honestly have avoided everything I can to do with the Olympics. I hate it. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry, people out there who don't who like the Olympics, but I just I going to London has tripled in price, and like it's just annoying. No one can afford to go to the actual Olympics because the tickets are so expensive, and people are having guns put on the top of their houses. Like <laughs> flat blocks have snipers on the top of the buildings to make sure that it doesn't get bombed and stuff. It's mad. That is kind of insane. You know, London's already ridiculously expensive. So now it's even more expensive because they have the Olympics for the next few weeks? Yeah, tripled. It's like tripled. Oh, good God. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I would probably avoid it too. Yeah, I definitely am until after it's finished. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I thought it was funny though. Mitt Romney's currently uh, in London and I guess he like made a few gaffes. Uh, Mitt Romney, you know, is the presidential contender here over in the U.S. And so the, the English have been calling him Mitt the Twit. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> he's probably right, whatever he says. I don't know what he said, but I'm sure it's right. If we, don't. If we disagree, I'm sure it's correct. So you know what, Wackerly, don't you like Poppy's accent? Yes. <laughs> she kind of sounds like the moon a little bit, no. a female version. I don't, I, we don't We don't know any. I mean, we know there's different accents over there, but we don't understand them. They're just sort of fascinating so we, and weird. Poppy, do you have a Cockney accent? No, um, well, not really. If I was Cockney, they sort of drop a lot of their their letters and their words. Um, I suppose Cockney? I speak the Queen's English. I suppose, That's I guess. A, yeah, but imagine that. Like, D, listen to this. Like, I'll do. I'll do something. Like, I was in the bathroom and a, a, a Japanese man came in and he farted. That's kind of like how Poppy sounds, but I, th- I think she sounds more like uh, kind of like a female Russell Brand. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's Russell Brand from? He's from London, so I suppose I am quite I am quite close. I'm about an hour away. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that kind of accent. Like I can understand every word you're saying, yeah. whereas we get a lot of English people that call the show. They have no fucking clue what they're trying to express. Yeah, that's where the the, the accents start changing depending on where you live. <laughs> so, uh, so Poppy, I got a question for you. You know how girls are, women are turned on by foreigners, especially in this country. Yeah, like if an English guy is in this country, you know, a charming British accent. The ladies love him. That makes all American girls moist. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I wonder if the reverse is true for us Yanks. Like, when yeah, you hear definitely. an American accent, I mean, do you get, do you get all wet down there? Like, would we, would we score? <laughs> Be honest. Out. It's nice. <laughs> really? Yeah, like, it's, I mean, yeah. what, what, do we, what do British chicks think of American dudes? Um, well, obviously I can't vouch for everyone but um from right i would say a lot of my friends if we brought an american guy down the pub they'd quite like that i reckon they'd probably be quite interested wow ask a lot of questions actually we are going to brighton do it we are so going to brighton sticking on tour next year (laughs) we can stay with uh sd groove in london at his little hotel there and then we'll go 
That would that would be nice. I mean, it's, now that I know that American accents can get you laid, I'm yeah, so going to Yeah, you get laid definitely here, definitely. All right, no northern birds, but the southern birds. That sounds like it works. All right, uh, I'm open to all comers. Fun. The northern girls honestly more fun, much more fun. Oh, okay, but but don't they have less teeth? Do they have fewer teeth? No, no. I'm not, <laughs> you're trying to get me to say things now. <laughs> you're like no no that's not proper i can't say that you think we've got like boundary wars um <laughs> there's some people who have like you know they have fights because they think we're from different places but i think that's mean like i normally i mean i go up to manchester quite a bit because i've got friends that live there and they're much more fun up there honestly they're more stuck up down here but yeah so I suppose people in london they're very conservative very stuck up yeah, well, not so much London, but the further towards the coast you get, like Brighton and the smaller towns, you find that the girls are a bit more, I don't know, they're a bit more reserved. They're a bit more like, yeah, you have to buy me at least <laughs> five drinks or something instead. <laughs> so, okay, it takes five Stellas. A mental note, five yeah. Stellas, yeah. and then or, we'll be shagging. Or Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. Wow, is that what the girls drink down there? Uh, yeah, Jaeger bombs. Uh well like jd and coke that sort of thing i think it should be pointed out that poppy is out of your age range dude, so this advice might not work for you it just means i have to buy more jaeger bombs i could do that if you've got money uh people in brighton probably won't care what, what age you are to be honest oh wow <laughs> and if you're drunk enough that works yeah as long as you treat them to dinner and some drinks they generally probably be all right but i think the further north not saying that you know I'm just saying they have more fun up there and that you probably... <laughs> they also have sex with sheep. So we know where you're going with this. They go. Right. <laughs> so, Poppy, <laughs> Poppy, you know how Is That Gay works. Obviously, you've listened to the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we have people call up and they, they ask us you know, questions about something that they did that maybe they feel guilty about and they want to know whether it's gay or not. So, we, yeah. so I have a few... Uh, we, we haven't played, you know, Is That Gay in a while. So I have a few calls. No, Glad to have you on the show to discuss this. <laughs> so before we get to the first call, how about the theme music? I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick-ass. Is that gay? I just watched my brother jerk off. Is that gay? I'm at the urinal and this guy's looking over the wall. Is that gay? I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think you've got a really nice ass. Okay, so here's the first call. And this is actually the only American call that we got. Well, we have some, some others, but the only one I'm going to play today. Okay. Listen, listen to how stoned this guy is. This is great. <laughs> That's why, you know, we always call it the drunk dial line, you know, not the... the stoner line. Yeah, I don't know about that because it just takes him too long to get to the point of the question. Yeah, mark. true. You need a longer voicemail. Yeah, or... like I think we should have a different line for stoners. And yeah. when we're really bored, we'll listen to that. Okay, here's the, uh, here's the stoner. Well, hey guys. Hey, Lee. I mean, D. Lee. Waggly. Oh, oh man, I'm... <laughs> Kind of baked right now, so I guess I... I'm changing my name to Lee Simon, by the way, Wackerly. Do it. Okay. Cool? <laughs> I'll be Dan Wackerly. What you've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, I have a, I have a is that gay question for you guys. Um, I'm just so stoned right now. I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> That's great. You should write it down. Oh yeah. Okay. Got it. Is it gay? To furiously masturbate in the mirror while looking at yourself in the <laughs> eyes the whole time. Don't break eye contact. 
never breaking eye contact until ejaculation. Like, I'm just talking about, like, furiously just beating meat. Like, just, you're, like, shaking the fucking foundation of your, the floor you're standing on. Wow. And you just look at eye contact, just eye contact. Not, not even looking down, not even looking up, just straight up eye contact. I was just wondering, is that gay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Have a good day. I love how he ends up with have a good day. <laughs> this is the John right. Steele no, maneuver. Yeah, yeah. This is you, you, John Steele, Pompey from uh, from the Ville. I'm sure you've heard us talk about that guy. Yeah, I've heard you talk about the Ville. <laughs> I think that dude does actually just jack off to his own image in the mirror, his own reflection. It's a bit Patrick Bateman esque. It is actually, yeah. It is very, <laughs> very psychotic, very American psycho. So, what, what do you think? Is it gay to jack off in the mirror to yourself? Um, uh, I suppose it's not someone else, which is a start. Uh, but it, the fact that he's maintained eye contact means he's not looking at his own cock, I guess. <laughs> good point. <laughs> which is, which is a start. <laughs> uh, that is a good point, actually. So it's, it's strange. I wouldn't say it's gay. <laughs> so, okay, let's say you walked in on your boyfriend and he's just <laughs> beating it, jacking off and you're wanking in the mirror. Would you be like, what? I'd be like, what the <clears throat> fuck are you? <laughs> but I mean, would you be less concerned if you walk in, he was jacking off to the internet, like, you know, some internet porn versus yeah. him in the mirror, which would you be yeah. more upset about? I think I'd be more upset about the mirror because I'd be like, well, literally, what the fuck are you doing? Like, seriously, <laughs> like, I can't, you know, I can't replicate what the mirror is doing for him, whereas I could probably replicate what the slaggy porn star is doing. So um, on the plus side, it would be easier if it was the computer. But, yeah, that's definitely a strange one. You arrogant bastard. What you, could you, have a, you could have sex with your boyfriend <laughs> wearing a mask of his own face. <laughs> or just a mirror. You print it out on the printer. Oh, yeah, just a mirror. Just in front put, of hold face. up a mirror. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so okay, so you, so Poppy, you're saying it's not gay, right? Not really. It's just really, really strange. Strange. What, what about you, yeah. Ackerley? No, it's not gay. But it, yeah, it's this is um, you know, Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon <laughs> shit, where they put he puts the mirrors in the victims' eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. This it's, is approaching. It's, it's not gay, but that doesn't mean it's not bad. It's uh, it's a very shitty thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's approaching yeah. weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I can picture John Steele. Like that. That's probably something normal for John Steele. But for other like regular people, it's very strange, aberrant behavior. I would say it's not gay. It's narcissistic, like a crazy narcissistic personality yeah. disorder. But no, I don't think it's gay. It's so, a precursor to shooting up a theater. Yeah, yeah. Like killing small animals. <laughs> I would not. I would not doubt if this guy dyes his hair red, like or orangish red, before he oh. jerks off in the mirror. Okay. And watches Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the uh, second: Is that gay question? And uh, Poppy, we might need you to translate this one. Okay, I'll give it a go. All right. All right, man. So uh, I'm at my fucking tits, and I'm phoning from Glasgow. Listened for fucking ages, man. I've got an is that gay question. I don't even know if you still do that shit. Fucking at a festival, man, out my bangers, absolutely out my tits, and fucking. Okay, what is he saying there? I, I he, kn- he he's saying he's absolutely like out of his tits or off his tits or something, but it basically means he's smashed. He's really drunk. So are all people in Scotland all the time off their tits? <laughs> uh, my Scottish friends are yes, but um, I can't. That's where we're going after Brighton when we go. To <laughs> I think yeah. yeah. Honest, well, Manchester's really good fun, but Scotland's really good fun. 
Yeah, Scotland sounds awesome. It's cold. It's it's cold and there's lots of gingers there, but I mean, it sounds like everybody's just off their tits all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start using that phrase. I'm off off my tits. I'm off my tits. Means you're really smashed. (laughs) A sweet English guy, fucking wee bastard, freedom, brave heart shit, man. Walked up, slap, sure. I'll do anything for a beater, man. I was like, me and my friends, man. Like, fucking, do I like my boys for a beater? So, what's my boys out, man? Again, you know, we English homo call my buff a beast. He actually licked my nuts, my big sweaty, 3 day old unwashed balls from this festival, base to shaft. And it was filthy. Like, I was so ashamed of him. They mm. called my bluff. I just whipped my balls out for a laugh, man. So bad. Traumatised. Scarred. For life. Fucking hell, man. Sorry. Out my tits, man. Had to leave. <coughs> I have no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> something about licking his balls in his shaft. Yeah. But... Uh, he said something about... I don't know whether he said it was something about his English mates or there was something... I swear he said something... I don't. He said someone licked his balls. I think this is what I gathered from it. He was with his mates yeah. at the bar. And an English guy came up to him and said, I'll do anything for a beer. A beer, yeah. And so he said, all right, lick my nuts. And the dude called his bluff. And, and was he like, did. All right. <laughs> and he licked his... Dirty, sweaty, unwashed ball sack from shaft or from balls right. to shaft. And uh, it sounded like, uh, you know, that he, he had to do it because he, his mates probably were like, you know, you said you said it. Just, you know, now you got to pull your balls out. And he did it. And then he really became remorseful and regretful about it. Didn't it sound yeah. like he was shamed? Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine, though, that's something pretty easy for a Scotsman to do. You just pull up your kilt and there's your nuts. <laughs> I don't think they all wear kilts, but yeah, if you have one on, it would have probably been easier. <laughs> so uh, I guess, you know, wow. I mean, that's a, that's a very uh, difficult position to be put in. Mm. I mean, what do you do? It's like somebody's calling you on it, you know? I heard um, a story like this recently about um, a guy who did this exactly same thing in the army. Um, and the, uh, the other guy was very mortified that he actually went through with it because his friend did it. So Prince it's Harry? Very, yeah. Was it? <laughs> not, no. Pri- not Prince Harry. <laughs> oh, that would be great. But I wouldn't put it past him. Um, <laughs> so wait, where were they? Were they in Afghanistan? Um, no, I, yeah, I think they might have been in Cyprus or they were in London. It was either one of their bases, but he, he did exactly the same thing. And I remember the guy was very baffled that the fact that his, his friend actually went through with it and did it for 20 euros. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a similar situation, but... If I was going to say anyone was gay in the situation, it'd be the guy that did it. And not the guy that received it. No, because he prob- unless he wanted him to and he enjoyed it, then he'd be gay. But it sounded like he was ashamed that the guy did it. So I so think you, that the guy that did it's gay. So the guy <laughs> that did the licking is gay, but the guy that, that received on the receiving end is not gay. No, our Scottish friend's not gay. All right. <laughs> well, what do you think, Wackerly? Well, usually if you're getting your balls licked and you're enjoying it, there's a, there's a telltale sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to hide. I think it's gay. Well, I mean, put your ball, when you see that he's going to actually lick your, your cock, you, you put it back in and you, you knee yeah. him in the face. True. Well, it might have been really quick, though. I don't know if you necessarily... <laughs> he's got a very long, snaky tongue. Well, I don't know if you Maybe. necessarily need to attack him. I think I would be like, dude, I was just joking about that. Jesus, have a beer. 
God. Yeah. Yeah. And then when your Faggot. friends make fun of you for Welshing on the bet, ooh, am I allowed to say that? Welsh. Uh, then you say, like, well, he can lick your balls, you homo. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, maybe, but you know, maybe like hubris is a different, there's a different definition of hubris in Scotland. Like maybe like, you know, there's, you know, you have to stand up. If you say something, you have to do it. You might as well just say everybody in Scotland is a little bit gayer than everywhere else. No, they're but just I mean, braver. <laughs> well, I think both of them. I think both parties are gay in this situation because this guy could have said, "All right, I'll challenge you to an arm wrestling, mate." You know, he could have done something yeah. that wasn't so gay that didn't involve his genitalia, like you do, huh? Well, no, I'm just saying. There's a lot of things he could have done rather than like lick my balls. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's all. Lick, I'm saying. Go lick the bathroom floor. That would be a good one. Or eat a urinal cake. Yeah. And I will totally do that. Yeah. But when, but I think when it comes down to like actually pulling your dick out and being like, you got to lick my ball sack, that's kind of gay. That's that means gay. you yeah. want it. You're uh, subconsciously, you wanted it. I suppose it is a bit gay. It yeah. is a bit gay. He's, he's a bit gay. He's a bit bent, that one. The situation's a little bit gay. <laughs> All right. So here's the third is that gay call. And this guy actually, you, you'll, you'll recognize this accent. Hello, this is. Uh, the farting bloke calling up with an is that gay question. I recently had a breakup after quite a serious relationship. Not because of me farting or anything, but anyway, I'm on the market again. And, uh, hey, Poppy, how does it make you feel that the, uh, the, the farting Englishman is on the market again? Oh, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> he has a job because he's always farting at work. You know, he has a job. Oh, yeah. I do wonder what caused the uh the breakup here like what precipitated the the breakup of this long-term relationship i think it is fecal related yeah definitely you know i mean are, do do english women get upset when their boyfriends fart in front of them um <laughs> i'm a really bad one to ask that because i'm a bit like well if i'm not allowed then you're not allowed um so that's kind <laughs> of the situation i've got but um what about the fair, i think what about the chavvy English girls, like the chavs? Like, do they just rip them left and right? <laughs> I don't really hang around with chavs, but um, yeah, probably. I reckon they would probably would, yeah. They drink a lot of Stella, so um, yeah, the bubbles have got to go somewhere. This guy, this guy seems like he has like a preoccupation with his farts, though. Like, he's definitely very, I mean, he's a very reserved guy, but to the point where I think it's uh, detrimental. Like, uh, yeah, because he held it in once, didn't he? Oh, he, didn't he? Isn't this the same guy that hid in the bathroom and like yeah. spread his ass cheeks apart to try to yeah, that's avoid it. <laughs> making a farting noise? All right, well, let, let's let's see what he has to say. Uh, I forgot how annoying women are when you try to pull them. Like all the odds are in their favor, and they know it, and they take full advantage. They're always looking for the better deal coming along, but they keep you sweet by giving you just enough attention in case they need you. They make you feel like a prick just for wanting to shag. So I started to wish I was gay because of the honesty I imagine you'd get when you're gay. Like if you're gay, you just want to bum someone. They either bum you or tell you to fuck off. You don't get any gains with them. And uh, you could even go to a park and get to bum a famous guy like George Michael or something. <laughs> the equivalent of being a hetero guy and meeting, say, like Cindy Lauper and then shagging her in the bushes. Maybe even doing her up the arse. But, you know, not that I want to do her up the arse, but... It might be something to tell your grandchildren. Anyway, I've got no sexual desire for men. I've never wanted to bum someone. But at the same time, I kind of wish I was gay. So, is that gay? <laughs> wow, this is like a philosophical question. Yeah. I don't is know. That... What do you think, Poppy? Is it gay to th to wish that you were gay? 
Uh, I don't think it is because I think you've got to be gay to be gay. Um, I think he just wants it to be gay. <laughs> He's a bit strange, bless him. But um, yeah, no, I think I think it's a bit strange. Yeah, I think it's another odd one rather than it's a gay odd one. one. Yeah, I bet you he farts in the mirror. But, yeah, Maybe. I bet he I does. Know. You know what? I think he wants the convenience and the ease of being gay rather than the difficulty of pursuing a bird. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he wants. But I think it'd probably be equally as hard um, unless he finds, like, George Michael, like you say, in the bushes. Uh, I think there is still that process of, you know, getting to know someone and buying drinks. I don't think it's just, uh, yeah, I'm going to bum you unless... Yeah, maybe. You, you don't know, Bobby, do you know any gay people? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've got, I've got a, a really good friend, actually. One of my best mates is gay. But um, and How often does he get laid? Well, he used to quite a... Well, I think he used to quite a bit. But um, he's he's got a nice boyfriend now, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, he's never had a problem. So maybe this guy is right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely truth to that. I mean, just look at my brother. Probably easier. <laughs> well, I, th- I mean, gay dudes, it's just guys are horny. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I mean, guys are just horny all the time. So if it's like, you know, if you're into fucking guys, the guy's like, all right, sweet. Yeah, let's go, uh, you know, bum each other. Whereas I mean, a girl. The, the grinder application, the grinder program would yep. only works for gays. It doesn't work in a heterosexual environment. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way that would ever. Th- then it would be called raper. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it just it just wouldn't work. You know, it's a, but with gays, it's like, yeah, I mean, gay guys, you can make eye contact on a on a bus. And next thing you know, you'll be shagging in like a phone booth. That's how it works with gay guys. They can shag anywhere. <laughs> Most. There's exceptions. <laughs> well, to them. no, I mean, it's yeah. difficult to form a relationship, a lasting relationship with somebody. I mean, hetero, you know, or a homosexual relationship. But forming a relationship is difficult. But I think in just terms of physical bumming, it's way easier for gay guys. I mean, that's it's why probably we're easier to get a one night stand. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I think it. I think it only takes like maybe half a Jaeger bomb for a guy, <laughs> whereas it takes like at least four to five for a girl. Yeah. So what do you think, Wackerly? Is it is it gay to wish you're gay? No, by no. definition, because if you were gay, you wouldn't be wishing. You would just go gay. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I um you know the moon that that guy's the moon. That guy's the voice of the moon. Um, <laughs> I don't even think he really has the same accent as the moon on on the mighty Boosh. He just has the same tonal quality in his voice he's definitely not that far away from me i can tell that no yes. you, that's it, scary <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out yeah you I mean, the farting man lives next door <laughs> <laughs> did you hear him right now making that call <laughs> i can hear him farting <laughs> go say hi <laughs> yeah he's he's on the market all right, so uh, th- there's the Is That Gay segment of the show. People, you can call the show 206-666-3846, and we will answer your Is That Gay questions, and we love to do that. Um, Poppy, thank you for, uh, for uh, helping us out with this, and uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're, we're making a new T-shirt. Are, are, would you mind modeling it for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. I've had good times. Good times with the, that. Is that gay questions? <laughs> you're 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 pretty good at it, actually. You're a good source of knowledge on that part. You reckon? <laughs> so yeah, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as we get these t-shirts printed, I'm definitely going to send you one. You know, it's a totally different style than the last one. You can actually wear this shirt around children without frightening them. <laughs> this new one, it's it's, it's a bit oh, different. Cool. And uh, by the way, I was just going to bring this up. I don't know if you're if 
if you're in charge of this, but um, you can have Russell Brand back. I was thinking of, uh, don't you think it'd be kind of cool if we deported him, Wackerly? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind trading him. Like, if we have to have some English people here, I wouldn't mind having, like, I don't know, Noel Fielding or something. Yeah, good swap. I don't mind, because I think Russell Brand's fitter than Noel Fielding. So, yeah, bring, bring <laughs> Russell, Brand, Russell Brand back, and uh, you can have Noel Fielding. All right, you can have him back. Deal. It's a done deal. Yes. I'm, I'm, I will, <laughs> I will, I will uh, have to contact his people, and we'll ship him back. <laughs> Just say that I think he's hotter, so he can come back, and you can have Noel Fielding, and it'd be fine. I'm sure that would be, like... Totally fine. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you Russell Brand jacks off in the mirror. Yeah, he, he totally seems a type. He does seem the sort. All right, Poppy. Well, uh, thanks for uh, for uh, being on the show. And can we hype your website or something? Uh, just Poppy Thorne on Facebook. If you pop me in, you can find my page. And do you yeah. got all your pictures on there? Yep, I've got a like page, and you can see all my portfolio and stuff. And you can see the sick and wrong T-shirt shoot. Hot, yeah. We have, we are also have your pictures uh, on our website as well. Yeah. The one, the one the show. All right. Well, I will be sending you a new T-shirt soon, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. I look forward to the new T-shirt. All right. Take it easy. Bye. So, wow. Um, did you think Poppy is going to have an accent like that? Mm, it didn't surprise me. I couldn't have guessed. That's kind of what I thought her voice was going to sound like. It's kind of sexy. I like that accent. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll have to go to Worthing, uh, you know, when we go over there. Well, you know, it's it, you wonder, like, if... I mean, she has, like, a proper English woman's accent. Whereas, like, you know, <laughs> the girls that Jack the Ripper was murdering... Like, I just picture them just to have, like, that, you know, like, a, the, the Cockney slag accent. I'd want to... I would want to sample both. Yeah, fuck uh, me, yeah. governor. You know, like sometimes. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there. See, there aren't any governors anymore, so uh, they don't use that term. Well, she she's gonna be maybe gonna a, bend in a over tone. this alley, and you can shag me up the bum, you Yankee. You know, something like that. I want to hear that, and like I want her to have like three teeth and like red stringy hair. I'd want something like that, but then I'd, at the same time, at the same trip, you know, I'd also want like a proper hot. You want the whole woman. spectrum? Yeah, you know, I want to try it all out. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think. Any trip to the UK has to involve Scotland. You have to go up north. It sounds like the north is so much more fun than the south. Yeah, you're always... But, but see, you, you, you shit talk it so much that I'm afraid we're going to get our asses beat. Well, we're going to get our asses beat regardless, just because we're obnoxious <laughs> Americans. Okay, fair I'm, enough. I'm worried Good about point. it. I, I hear you just get your, your, you get your ass beat in England just for wearing glasses, like the wrong kind of glasses or something. Or your T-shirt, or something. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's like dudes are so drunk there that they'll just fight you for nothing. Yeah, I'm just gonna hide in my hotel room, like after 8 p.m. <laughs> I'm gonna wear a kilt so everyone thinks I'm Scottish, and they're like, "I'm not gonna fuck with that guy. He's fucking crazy." <laughs> plan. I'm gonna paint my face half blue. <laughs> just dye your hair red and wear a Batman Dark Knight Rises shirt. You'll be fine. Okay. So, um, people, yeah, call the uh, Singarong Hotline, 206-666-3846, and you can ask us some Is That Gay questions. Uh, if you haven't already, iTunes. Why aren't you subscribing to the show on iTunes? We need to be in the What's Hot category. The What's Hot category is basically, like, the, the only reason why we, we exist. It's like our raise on debt is the What's Hot category. So, uh, yeah, subscribe to the show. Give us comment, rating, and uh, yeah, get us into the... What's hot category? That's not my reason. 
It's the sick and wrong reason. What, what's your reason? <clears throat> My reason is when women send in or email us photos of their tits, which hasn't happened recently, and which is why I bring it up. All right, I'm going to amend my reasons as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's, the reason you forgot about that reason is because it hasn't happened recently. It's been a while, it has. It's very it's, disappointing. It, yeah, I know. But when's the last time you went to the P.O. Box? Uh, Three weeks ago. I could go this weekend, but then people don't usually send photos of their tits through the P.O. Box. It's happened. But, you know, with the we're in the age of email where you just attach a JPEG. We need some sick and wrong sexting going on here. Some swexting. That's what we need. Send us some Swek. pictures. <laughs> Swexting. That, sound, that sounds so unsexy. It sounds like something... Swext me. Swext. <laughs> it's like something Patrick Swayze would do. Maybe. That's sexy. That is sexy. All right. So, yeah, send us some titty pics. Jesus. And then after you do that, just go to the iTunes and uh, give us a rating and say, hey, I just sent you titty pics. Here's five <laughs> stars. Um, then we'll rate your tits. Uh, also, Unless you don't want us to, then we can just be quiet about it. <laughs> also, on the uh, t-shirt front, yeah, as I said before, we do have some new tees coming very soon. They, uh, the, I just sent the design to the printer yesterday, so uh, we, we should have them soon. And uh, once Poppy poses for us, then uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start selling them. But if, as for right now, if you have to get a t-shirt, if you need a t-shirt right now, we do have some sticking around quad tees left. So call me. Or actually, email me. Email me because I'm not giving you my phone number. Email me and uh, let me and ask me what signs you wear, and I'll confirm that we still have it, and then I will ship you your very own Quado T. Just go to sickerongpodcast.com/store. Finally, here, Sickerong Song of the Week comes from uh, Thomas from Northeast England. I'm sure he knows about the Northern Birds. He says, "I think it's about time for something a bit more lighthearted." So here's a song about some guy's shitty wife where he basically tells her to suck his dick and then fuck off. It's really lighthearted. It's a great song, though. Um, Ween, Piss Up a Rope, from their uh, 12 Golden Country hits. You know that album? Oh, I have this song on my iTunes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a great tempo, that song. That band is done. They retired. Yeah. They, heard. Uh, you know, it's just kind of weird because it's, uh, they're two brothers. Like, what are they just like, you know, they don't talk anymore? I think one of them all got all strung out on drugs. Yeah. Drugs. The end. The cause the of the yeah. end of all music. The inspiration and ruin <laughs> of so many bands. Uh, he says, uh, keep up the good work. Never fails to entertain me at work. Thomas from Northeast England. So I'm going to dedicate uh, this song, um, Piss Up a Rope, Ween, to, uh, I'm going to dedicate this one to Mitt Romney, to Mittens, from Prime Minister David Cameron, who is quite upset about what Mittens had to say about the Olympics. Because, uh, you know, Mittens was saying, you know, I've I've been in charge. I've ran the Olympics in Salt Lake City. And you guys are just ill-prepared here in, in England. And David Cameron was just like, you know, fuck you, Mittens. He was pissed. He so what happy. happens when one of the stadiums gets blown up? Does he have to apologize? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I wonder how that works. Like, does he have to come to the U.S. and, like, bare his ass and Mittens can give him a kick? He has nice to wash kick. Mitten's feet with his hair. <laughs> well, for right now, we're going to dedicate uh, Piss Up a Rope to uh, Mitten's Romney. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, we have to get out of here so we can watch the opening Olympic ceremony. I'm putting my money on Mary Poppins. Are you uh, – who, who are you taking in this, in the battle? Uh, if it was a fair fight, I would 
call for Voldemort, but obviously the good the good will ov- overcome evil in the opening ceremonies of the <laughs> Olympics. She also so has I would um, also go with Mary Poppins. And you, and you have no idea the potential, like the the full potential of that that umbrella. It can do well. Like, is Dick Van Dyke <laughs> gonna tag her out and like come in with his big chimney brush and shove it up Voldemort's ass? It's, it's quite possible. Who knows what those uh, limeys have in store for us. But for right now, I'm doubling down on Mary Poppins. People will be back next week with episode uh, 341. Till then, take it easy. My dinner's on fire while she watches TV. And if you ever wondered what it's like to be me, she takes all my money and leaves me no in my buddies and insults my folks I'm breaking my back doing the best that I can she's got the time for the dog and none for her man and I'm no dope but I can't cope so hit the fucking road and piss up a rope uh, you can piss up a rope and you can put on your shoes hit the road get trucking Yes,
sick and wrong. I don't know what else to say. I just thought I'd call the drunken hot, the drunk hotline, and let you guys know that I'm, I'm drunk as hell. That's all for now. I'll, I'll call y'all next week. Maybe I'll be sober then. Maybe I'll be sober then. Bye.